That's a good, they never give me that round of applause whenever I... What have you done? I haven't done. Uh, Pete and Christy have been around in the church a few years now. In fact, you guys came, I think, at the same time as I did, roughly, back in 2009, 2010. And I'm just going to pray for Pete before he teaches us from the book of Proverbs. Lord God, I thank you for Pete. I thank you for uh, all that we have uh, experienced and enjoyed of him and Christy over the years. Thank you for his gift and his love for your word for the Bible. And I pray that he'd have a brilliant time and we'd have a brilliant time learning from your uh, wonderful, wonderful word. Bless him, God. Bless us. Amen. Good morning. Um, first of all, can I extend my own personal welcome to you all to our mini-series uh, for the next three weeks. As, as Philip says, it's uh, going to be on the book of Proverbs. And uh, the tagline, as Philip says, is summer wisdom for every season. And we really hope that you'll find these... Yeah, so, sorry. Um, we really hope that you'll find these three weeks stir your hearts to pursue and to live out the wisdom of God, which is found in his word. Now, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Pete. Um, I've been coming along to the church, like Philip said, for about uh, seven years, uh, along with my wife, Christy. I'm a church member, and I'm a uh, life group leader. And having been here for seven years, this is actually my first time preaching. And I'm incredibly excited to be able to open this mini-series on the book of Proverbs. Now, just to explain what a proverb is... Um, in the English language, a proverb is a short, well-known, pithy saying, great word, stating a general truth or piece of advice. That's according to the dictionary. That's talking about all proverbs, not just the proverbs that we find in the Bible. And we use proverbs in everyday conversation, often without even realizing it. Things like, two wrongs don't make a right or better late than never, or if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, one of my wife's favorite sayings, which is from the Lord of the Rings, um, and she says it a heck of a lot, is it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your front door. <laughs> now, that's more of a saying than a proverb. Um, however, there is an underlying truth which is to be found in it. Now, the Proverbs in the Bible are so much more than just short, clever truisms. They're divinely given by God, and uh, they're given by God to impart wisdom to us and to ultimately lead us into a deeper, richer, closer relationship with God himself. Most of the Proverbs in the book of Proverbs are two-line sayings where the lines often contrast with each other, and they're on a wide variety of issues such as pride, laziness, lust, lying, foolish rulers, and so on. The proverb I'm going to talk about today is really, it's really all about a journey. And I love to be taken on a journey. Um, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot of books. And amongst my favorite books are The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And when you get down to it, both of these books are they're fundamentally about journeys. The Hobbit is about a journey to go and to find dragon treasure. And the Lord of the Rings is about a journey to destroy a dangerous ring. And the proverb we're looking at today is about our life's journey. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, which should be on the next slide. And it says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, 
which shines brighter and brighter until full day. This proverb is a summary of the path that we are on and the destination that we're heading towards. This is true wisdom to prepare us for the dangerous business of going out our front doors, as it says in the Lord of the Rings. And um, this is true wisdom for our lives. And this is really exciting stuff. And I hope at the end of this, you will see what a wonderful, wonderful verse this is and how deep and how rich and how full it is for us. I want to look at this verse under three headings. Um, the first one is the pursuit of light. Second one is vanishing shadows. And the third one is the true light. All right, firstly, the pursuit of light. Now, this is all about our purpose. Normally, when you go on a journey, you've got a purpose. Very rarely do people go on a journey without a purpose. Whether you're commuting, you're going to the airport, or you're climbing a mountain, you have a purpose behind the journey you're taking. You're heading to work, or you're off on holiday, or you want to take in a breathtaking view. Journeys normally have a purpose behind them. And I'd like to suggest that journeys without a purpose, um, they can be directionless. And they may ultimately be found to be meaningless. Um, hopefully I can illustrate this from the film Forrest Gump. Partway through the film, now the main character Forrest Gump, who for those of you who know is played by Tom Hanks, he decides to start running. He does this for a purpose. And his purpose is because he feels like it, and for him it turns, to be, turns out to be a journey of self-discovery. He ends up running for over three years from one side of the United States to the other, and then back again. And along the way, he gets media interest, and he ends up getting a large, large group of followers, which gets bigger and bigger as he is on his three-year journey. Now, these followers who are running with him they're doing that because they think Forrest Gump is running for a purpose, for running for a reason. And they're hoping that they will be able to find out what that purpose, what that reason is. That one day, he will declare what this cause is that he's running for, which is bigger than him, they think. Then, after three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours, Forrest Gump stops running. His followers suddenly stop too, and they do that in the expectation that finally Forrest Gump is going to tell them what he's running for, what this cause, what this purpose is that he's running for. And I'll read from the actual script of the film. Um, young man, this is one of the people who's been following him. This is after Forrest Gump has finished running. Quiet, quiet, he's going to say something. Forrest, I'm pretty tired, I think I'll go home now. So Forrest walks towards a group. The group parts for Forrest as he walks down the middle of the road. And the young man then says, now what are we supposed to do? Forrest Gump walks past him without saying another word and he goes home to continue living his life. But his followers are stunned. Uh, they've been hoping for something profound, something bigger than, bigger than themselves and bigger than Forrest. But they get no explanation from him he just walks past them, they're left confused, they're left empty, and they are left directionless. None of them ever knew what Forrest Gump was running for. However, he did. He knew his destination. He knew his purpose. 
His purpose was self-discovery and his destination was eventually home. I want to share with all of us this morning that we are all on a journey and that our life has both a purpose and a destination. And that is found in the verse that we're looking at in the book of Proverbs. And I'll just read that again. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. We'll look at the purpose first. Our purpose is to walk the path of righteousness into ever-increasing light. The righteous person spoken about this verse is a man or woman who's right with God. They've had their sins forgiven. They have peace with God. They are right with God. That is what righteous means. Righteous means right with God. And if you're here today and you know that you are right with God, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, may I suggest that your purpose is to walk into ever-increasing light. Without this purpose, you're just standing still. You're not using the path as it's supposed to be used, which is to take you on a journey to a destination. Without pursuing light, you'll just stagnate. And I want to encourage all of us to pursue our purpose because I don't want any of us to be stagnating without direction and purpose in life. God does not intend for us to stay the same. God does not intend for us to stagnate. God's plan for us is that we become increasingly like Jesus in the way we live our lives, in our speech, in our thoughts, in our inclinations, in our hearts. Now, that is what holiness is. That's what it's like to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the whole book of Proverbs is about. As you go through the book of Proverbs and you look at these individual Proverbs, it's about our hard attitudes, it's about our thoughts, it's about, about uh, the, the things we, we, we spend our time thinking about, it's, it's about our behavior. And, and that verse, this verse here is a summary which is supposed to explain to us the direction we're taking. As I said, we become more holy by becoming more like Jesus in the way that we think and we feel and we live. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Paul says that those whom God foreknew, he's predestined to become increasingly like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When God saves us, his plan is for us to become increasingly like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is not just for heaven. That is not just for our destination. That is for the road, the path we are on, we are taking at this present moment in time. That is God's primary purpose for our lives. Now, how do I get this uh, from this verse in Proverbs, that this journey into increasing light is, is actually talking about increasing holiness, increasing lightness to Christ? Well, we see it in the surrounding uh, verses, um, which put this verse in context. Now, I'll, I'll read them out, and they should be up on the screen. Proverbs 4, 14 to 19, and, and you see our verse will, will be the second last verse, it's verse 18. And it reads, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter 
until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. The writer's providing a contrast here. He's providing the contrast between two groups of people, two journeys, two paths, the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. There are only two paths in life, only two. And for us who know Jesus as our saviour, God has shown us so much grace and God's grace towards us is not to be used as a license for sin, friends. It's not to be used for going along the wicked path. Instead, Proverbs tells us to be pursuing the path of light, which, as I've said, is pursuing the path of holiness. As I said, note the contrast with verse 19, where the writer talks about the wicked being in deep darkness. There's no light there. There's only, only stumbling. How much better is a life of constant progress, increasing light which shines brighter and brighter, increasing likeness to the Lord Jesus Christ? As Christians... We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot add to our salvation by anything we do. But the scriptures are clear. The Bible is clear. True saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is never alone. It must be. It will be accompanied by an ever-increasing obedience to Jesus, an ever-increasing closeness to him as we follow his example and somebody once said that increasing likeness to Jesus is not the root of our salvation but it is the fruit of our salvation now Kevin DeYoung who's a pastor in the United States he, he wrote a book a few years ago called the hole in our holiness in it he tries to show that the thing that matters most in a Christian's life is holiness or likeness to the Lord Jesus Christ and in his book, De Young says, not only is holiness the goal of your redemption, it is necessary for your redemption. There must be evidence flowing out of us that grace has flowed into us. Um, in 1 John, we're told that God is light. So this journey into light, this pursuit of holiness, it's actually a pursuit of God. Uh, elsewhere in his book, Kevin DeYoung says to run hard after holiness is another way of running hard after God. Now, please do not misunderstand me. I am not suggesting that we are, as Christians will ever be free from sinning in this life. This, after all, is a journey. This is a pursuit. And I'm certainly not suggesting that because we're Christians, this is all about rules. It isn't. What I'm saying is that as followers of Jesus, we should be followers of Jesus following his example, running after him, pursuing him, loving him, walking this path with him, trying to lay hold of him. I'll quote the young again. To run hard after holiness is another way of running hard after God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Keeping Christ's commandments is not about rules, friends. It's about the heart. It's about loving him. I've known times in my own life when my sin, my rebellion has created a wall, created a barrier between me and God. I've grieved his Holy Spirit. I've driven him away and I felt distant from him. I felt that God's are far off. And it's only when 
I've come to that point of turning my back on my sin, running to my father with his arms open wide, confessing my sin, abandoning it. Have I known God's closeness, his nearness, his mercy, and his love towards me? Our sin, it separates us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Pursuing holiness is pursuing God. That is our purpose as Christians. Uh, second point, vanishing shadows. Now, this is talking about our destination, and um, I actually think this is, this is something quite amazing. This, this blew me away when I actually realized this from this, this verse in, in Proverbs. Our journey into ever-increasing light will ultimately lead us to a destination where shadows will be no more. Sunlight reveals shadows. If this path spoken of in Proverbs 4 was a literal path we were walking along, with a literal light getting brighter and brighter, we would see shadows. When the sun is out, you can't avoid shadows. You see them all around you. You see them, you stand in them, and you cast them. And, and figuratively, every single one of us has shadows in our lives. We have shadows of sin, we have shadows of sadness, and we have shadows of suffering. And for some of us, those shadows are very long, they stretch a long way, they're very deep. When the sun shines, you can't avoid shadows. At least not here in the UK, and that's because we're too far north. Now bear, bear with me with this illustration. There's a phenomenon which occurs only twice a year and only near the equator, in a region near the equator called the tropics, when the sun is directly overhead. I don't know if you've ever noticed, in the middle of summer, when the sun is at its highest, it's never directly above us. It's always south. If you go to the equator, if you go to Hawaii, for instance, there are two days in the year when the sun is directly above you. And in Hawaii, which is the only state in the United States which is south enough, it's called Lahaina Noon. And this year in the capital of Hawaii, Lahaina Noon took place roughly half past 12 in the afternoon on the 26th of May and then again just a few weeks ago on the 16th of July. Now the writer in Proverbs is aware that there are shadows in our lives. That life is a life full of shadows. Sin, suffering and sadness. And what he is doing here in this verse when he's talking about the full day is he is pointing to the day when these shadows will be no more. This is our destination, friends. This is our home. This is where we're going, to a place where there are no more shadows. Some other Bible translations use a different word for full day. Uh, in the New King James Version, for instance, it says that the path of the righteous shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The perfect day. The perfect day would surely be when the sun is at its absolute zenith, when it's at its highest possible point, straight up, when it's Lahaina noon and the shadows are gone. Now, the, these two photos hopefully illustrate the point. The, the guy on the left, as you can see, he does not have a shadow stretching out to one side. He has only got a small shadow directly beneath him. And in the photo on the right, you've got these, these poles which 
don't cast a shadow at all. That's because the sun is directly above them. They actually look like they've been computer generated, but this is a real photo. And you can tell that the sun is out in this photo because you can see shadows under the cars in the background. Friends, Lahaina Noon is our destination. That is where we are heading. We are on a journey to life in heaven where there will be no more shadows of sin, suffering, or sickness. That's a perfect day, that full day that we're heading to, which is mentioned in Proverbs 4. Now, in the Song of Solomon, Solomon writes about the groom being separated from the bride, I quote, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. There will always be shadows until the groom and the bride, that's Jesus Christ and his people, the church, are united. When we're with Jesus forever, the shadows of earthly sin, suffering, and sadness will vanish forever. Lahaina Noon in Hawaii or anywhere else in the world only lasts for a short period of time, less than a minute. However, for us, our Lahaina Noon, this full day, this perfect day spoken of in the book of Proverbs, will never end. Shadows will be gone forever. They will flee away, as it says in the Song of Solomon, in a moment, like that, never to return. There's another sense in which this idea of vanishing shadows can be understood. Um, this life that we're living, the whole thing, is a shadow in comparison with what life will be like for us in heaven. Now, this world is very real to us right now, and we've got nothing to compare it with. That's because we're living it right now, and this is the only life we have ever known. But when we're forever with the Lord in heaven, our lives in this world will appear like a shadow in comparison with, to the joys and wonders of heaven which will last for all eternity. This life, friends, this life is the shadow. Heaven's a real thing. Now, Jonathan Edwards, who was a Bible teacher in 18th century America, he understood this very well and he once wrote, to go to heaven fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant experiences here. These are but shadows. God is a substance. These are but scattered beams, but God is a sun. Elsewhere, Jonathan Edwards says, to go, sorry, next quote, beg your pardon. Um, Jonathan Edwards says that we will grow in happiness in heaven seems evident from the fact that the ideas and thoughts and insights into the nature and work of God will forever increase. We are mistaken to think that what we perceive to be beautiful now is the limit or boundary for what will be beautiful in heaven. With the new heavens and a new earth, there will undoubtedly be new colors, new combinations, new hues, new depths of radiance together with new faculties of mind, sense and spirit to apprehend new disclosures of God's infinite splendor. What Jonathan Edwards is saying here is that we will spend the whole of eternity learning more and more of God and drinking in more and more of his new creation in heaven. One of the things he's saying here is that we have no idea 
how many senses we may have in heaven with which to experience all that God has prepared for those who love him. Here in this life, we've got five senses. In heaven, we may have double that, or we may have a hundred for all we know. And every sense will be whole and complete and perfectly attuned to drinking for all eternity the reality of joy in God and what God has prepared for all of those who love him. Um, C.S. Lewis, who wrote the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe, he also grasped that this life is a shadow when contrasted with heaven. In his Chronicles of Narnia, um, he paints a picture of the Christian life. And in the last book called The Last Battle, um, he paints a picture at the end of time and the second coming of Jesus when this world will end and God will make a new creation. Now, the last chapter in the, his book, The Last Battle, is aptly called Farewell to Shadowlands. And I'll just read a few lines from it. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, it, know the books, um, Aslan in the following extract is a huge line, and, and he's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this part of the book, the main characters, included in, including a girl called Lucy, are walking towards some beautiful mountains which have taken their breath away. And it reads, unfortunately, this is quite a long quote, so I don't have it on the screen, but it reads... The light ahead was growing stronger. Lucy saw that a great series of many colored cliffs led up in front of them like a giant staircase. And then she forgot everything else because Aslan himself was coming, leaping down from cliff to cliff like a living cataract of power and beauty. Then Aslan turned to them and said, you do not yet look so happy as I mean you to be. And Lucy said, we're so afraid of being sent away, Aslan, and you have sent us back into our own world so often. No fear of that, said Aslan. Have you not yet guessed? Their hearts leaped, and a wild hope rose within them. Aslan said, all of you are, as you used to call it in the Shadowlands, dead. The term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is a morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them as a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. But for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever and ever, in which every chapter is better than the last. This, my friends, this is what we're heading towards. This is our destination. This is our goal. This is our prize. And um, I'd like to encourage all of us when we're aware of the shadows in our lives which surround us and feel like they're going to consume us and overwhelm us, to keep our eyes firmly fixed on this certainty of heaven and being forever with the Lord. For Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, going out his front door was a dangerous business. But for us, as Christians, the path of the righteous into ever-increasing light is far from dangerous. In fact, it is the safest place that we can be because it will ultimately lead us forever out of shadows and into everlasting light.
Living for Jesus, friends, is so worth it. So worth it. Every pain, every sorrow, every disappointment, every heartache, every loss will one day be swallowed up in life. That is our destination. My last point is that Jesus, he's a true light. He is the source of all of this. Jesus is the light of dawn. Jesus is the journey's light. Jesus is the path. Jesus is a destination. Jesus is the beginning, the middle, and the end of this entire journey. Jesus himself said, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. And um, I'll give you four other things that Jesus says about himself, which I really hope you'll see tie in to our verse in Proverbs. Jesus said, I am the bright morning star in the book of Revelation. That's the light of dawn that we see in Proverbs 4. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's the light in Proverbs 4, which shines brighter and brighter. Jesus said, I am the way. That's a path. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That is our destination. I'm talking about our destination. One of the worship songs we regularly sing at church is, Oh, praise the name. And the last verse, verse talks about Jesus and it reads he shall return in robes of white the blazing sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints my gaze transfixed on Jesus face this whole thing this whole journey this whole life it's all about God's son the Lord Jesus Christ Jesus is a source of all of this Oh, if, you, if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, you're missing out on life. You're missing out on light. You're missing out on lasting joy. You're missing out on the ultimate reason for living, which is to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. If you don't know him, he's ready and he's willing to save you from all your sins, to walk life's path with you, and to one day take you to be with him in heaven forever, free from troubles and free from shadows. Please, if you want to know more about Christ and who he is and what he did, come and ask me or, or Philip afterwards. and we'll, we'll try our best to explain more of, of what it means to, to know Jesus and to be in a, in a relationship with him, which will last for all eternity. And for those of us who do know Jesus, May I encourage us to pursue ever-increasing light by walking with perseverance this path of righteousness. And as, as Kevin DeYoung said, our pursuit of holiness is a pursuit of God himself. As we walk this path, let's rejoice that all our shadows will one day vanish forever on that day when we reach our Lahaina noon. Let's keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, who's our destination and hopefully we'll all find this to be summer wisdom for every season in our lives.